I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Self-Helpful. I'm your guide, Kevin Miller, and I curate the sea of new personal development messages to bring the most influential leaders onto this show. Join me as I question my guests to better understand their counsel so we can all integrate the wisdom into our lives because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. The Self-Helpful Podcast is presented by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping coaches. Visit Ziggler.com. Hello, Self-Helpful listeners. In this episode, take charge of your life by defining your spiritual goal and committing to a specific construct. This is part two in my series on focus with Don DePani, a sought after international speaker and leading expert on leveraging the human mind and the power of focus and the author of The Power of Unwavering Focus. Search for him, find his TED talk that went viral. And normally this would be my What Drives You episode where I walk through the key areas of life and ask what drives my guests. However, the first category is spirituality. And as Dandapani is a former monk and a current Hindu priest, I pressed in on, I think, a controversial statement he had written in his book. This is the quote from the book. In taking charge of your life, you should not leave it up to the environment or God forbid the universe, such as claiming the universe is going to guide me. I can assure you Jupiter, Pluto, and Uranus are not sitting around figuring out how to solve the complexities of your life. Boom. That was it. So I asked Dandapani to unpack this. And what followed was a fairly blunt and irreverent discussion on spirituality in our current culture. It was unique enough that Dandapani and I spoke afterwards about more candid talks and spirituality and possibly even an event in America on the topic. But Dandapani is a coach to high-performing entrepreneurs and athletes uh, because, as he said, they actually follow through on what I coach them to do. 
And a crux of what you're going to hear is Dandapani stating that to achieve success in any area of life, we need a clear strategy that we adopt and adhere to depending on our specific goals. And most high performers do this in most areas, except in the area of spirituality, where, as he says, we tend to pick and choose from a menu of different spiritual concepts and it doesn't work out. Uh, this is one that might be interesting for you to watch as well. So you can go to YouTube, just search for Self Helpful with Kevin Miller, and you can find the Dandapani series there. Dandapani, the first category I always start off with is spiritual, which it's like when I have a health and wellness guru on the show and then ask them about their values with health and wellness. Well, that's there. That's a gigantic avenue for them. I mean, spiritual yeah. is really your foundation. But I will ask you on a personal level, if I to, to really highlight what is the value that you're looking to live out in your life? And then how are you doing that on a daily basis? So I would say when it comes to spirituality, the one of the most important thing you can do is to define clearly what your spiritual goal in life is, because the goal defines the path. And then the path defines the lifestyle meaning and lifestyle has two components, which is guidelines and practices. So whatever guidelines I live by, whatever practices I do should be defined by where I'm going or what my goal is that I'm hoping to achieve in my spiritual life. So there's not just one set of values that I live by, but a series of them along, which I call guidelines, along with a series of practices. That's how I structure my spiritual path. And that's actually how it's structured in, in Hinduism. It's, it's actually a very structured religion and philosophy, though most people don't look at it or understand it that way. To look at it with you, though, to, to understand, I mean, it is a broad question. And even with a structure mm -hmm. and, and a guideline around your chosen path of spirituality, yeah. When you look at it and say the value that you are trying to, that you are striving towards every day, what's the most tangible container? Container is a bad word, but it's the best I can come up with. Container, you would say this, this is it. This is an essence, if I can ask. Yeah, I would say, you know, I'm not sure if this would, well, it's hard to pick one, huh? <laughs> I've never I know, really, I know. I, I, I've never I can't. Really picked one. I, Coming I to like you, 10, it's a hard question to ask. Yeah, yeah I have like Multiply. 10 guidelines that, you know, that kind of shape that I, I try to, ideals that I try to live by. Uh, if I were to pick one, I would say focus. I don't know if that's a value, though, rather than more than a quality that's cultivated. I would say a value then would be kindness. You know, be kind. There's no reason not to be kind. We can just treat as well as we can be. And I, I'm not, not a perfect example of it, but we can just always be kind and gentle yeah. to all people, to all living things, to the planet. On a daily basis, like looking at, at habits or just your daily routine, granted in studying you as I have, I understand that you have a spiritual foundation to your entire day. Uh, the striving is for every moment in essence to be bathed in your spiritual pursuit. Yeah. And yet I know there's also intentional times. What does that look like on a daily basis where, cause sometimes you're answering email and while it may be spiritual, it's, you know, usually not the, the routine, the habit that you pursue for your spirituality. So in the purposeful pursuit, what are the habits? Oh, first of all, I wouldn't call answering email spiritual. I, I've never. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, neither. <laughs> That's why I was pulling that one out. I as a yeah, spiritual experience. You know, I had a morning routine before my four-and-a-half-year-old daughter was born. Uh, that was much more elaborate. I spent up to about 90 minutes in the morning. Uh, when I lived in New York at that time, we, we had a meditation room. 
in our apartment and I would spend 90 minutes doing my practices and it was a very structured routine that I have, you know, anywhere between 75 to 90 minutes. Then my daughter was born and that just all went out the window because she became the central focus and I wanted to make her the central focus. Now I have been building back in recent times uh, my practices. It's it's up to about 15, 20 minutes, still pretty lame according to my standards. Relatively, um, yeah, sure. Relative, which I want to build back to more, but again, I don't look at it as a... It needs to be quantified by time, you know, the, the, but that's my morning routine, basically, the, that I have a spiritual practice in the morning for about 15, 20 minutes. I do want to take the opportunity to ask you about something that is significant to me. It came out of your book. It's actually page mm-hmm. 13 in your book because okay. I was I was surprised. I don't know if I was surprised to hear it from you, but for you to state it yeah. as boldly as you did because – I, I do come from, you just met my brother. Uh, he and I grew up in a, a pretty, in the, in the South, uh, you know, the American South and the Bible Belt and a structured religion. And now there's things that have, have broadened out so much, even culturally. So I say all that to preface you saying, uh, talking about taking charge of your life, you should not leave it up to the environment or God forbid the universe. The universe is going to guide me. I can assure you, Jupiter, Pluto, and Uranus are not sitting around figuring out how to solve the complexities of your life. Uh, your mind is a tool. You are in charge of it. I adore the statement. Uh, I'm great, grateful. And yet I also realize that's, that's volatile for a lot of people. Uh, it's going to be offensive to a lot of people who do mm-hmm. speak those languages, especially those who don't want to adhere to a religion. And they do just kind of pull in, Hey, I send you positive energy from the universe. And I've always wondered the universe, you know, created by whom, made by where is this power you're talking about? And it seems so nebulous. So for you to say it pointedly in text was significant. It is is that a what? Tell me more. Just just round it out a little bit for me. Yeah, because it's a, it's an easy cop out, right? If you look at a person's daily life, most people have a structured life. They take structured approach. They define goals. They take responsibility if they want to get anywhere in life. You're never going to advance in your career or get that promotion or a salary or raise if you don't put effort behind it. You're never going to have a good relationship if you don't put effort into your relationship, whether it's with your spouse, with your child, with a friend, with a client, whoever. To be a good athlete, you need to put effort into it. Why is it then when it comes to spirituality, we throw all structure out the door. We say we don't need a goal in spirituality. We don't need a goal in meditation. We don't need a path. We don't need structure because structure is not having freedom and spirituality is all about having freedom and being free and that I can take that burden of responsibility all of a sudden and place it on this so-called universe and the universe is going to decide for me because then I don't have to take the responsibility. And when I don't have to take the responsibility, I don't have to face failure and the fact that I'm going to try and I'm going to fail, I'm going to get discouraged and I may have to fail 10 times, a hundred times before I even succeed. And that maybe what I want may not even manifest. But if I put the burden off on something else, then I don't have to face failure. I don't have to face my shortcomings. I don't have to face that I haven't tried enough. I haven't put energy behind it, enough effort behind it. It's the biggest cop out of the spiritual path. And spiritual people like to say, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. What does that actually mean? And, you know, people say to me, I'm in this line of work, right? So, Kevin, so it's, you know, I hear this all the time. People come up to me and say, why do we need to define it? Why do we need to give it a name? 
You know, why do I need to call myself a Christian or a Hindu or Buddhist? Why do we need to give it a name? You give your dog a name. Your cat has a name. Your spouse has a name. Honey, baby, sweetheart. Your job has a name. A company has a name. Go up to any entrepreneur in the world and say, you know what? Take the name off your company. Let your company have no name. So tomorrow I can go, you know, that, that, that business over there that sells that, I, they don't have a name. Those guys, does it work? It doesn't work. We give everything a name. We give everything structure, goals, path to it, discipline, guidelines, practices. But when it comes to, to spirituality, it just goes out the window. It, it's a cop out to not face yourself, to place that burden of responsibility onto something else. It's so easy because then you never have to do the work and you never have to face the fact that you will have to fail many, many times. And you may not get what you want unless you're willing to really get behind it and make it happen. Make sacrifices, make huge changes to your life, to your personality, to who you are as a person. Thank you for the answer. It's hard not to just stick on that and try to unpack that further, but I'm going to have to ponder on that a little bit. You've just hit on something though that is important to me as I, so to be candid, it grew up in the Christian religion and I struggled significantly with the religion, though there are some aspects of belief that I still adhere to. And yet without that container, I'm over here looking at, okay, but what is my container? Cause I feel to some, and you said structure that there should be some exactly what you said in every area of my life. I attribute success and peace and prosperity and whatever you want to say to a structure. I mean, health and wellness, which we're going to get to in a second, I, I pretty much know what foods and what routine is going to give me more vitality, longer life. And we, we've really, we've really, you know, kind of uh, unpacked that and it's not that nebulous. And yet exactly as you said, we come to spirituality though, and we all want to throw the structure out the door and it just doesn't make sense. And, you know, most spiritual people are committed to not being committed. That's a statement by my guru. They're really committed to not being committed. And that's what they're committed to. They're so dedicated to not being committed. It's unbelievable. I wish I had that much commitment. <laughs> to not being committed. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah no. And, you know, the, the common, common misconception is they say, you know what? All religious say the same thing. They all preach the same thing. And that's completely erroneous. At the surface level, all religions may say somewhat similar things. Be kind, be loving, give ch to charity, do good, don't lie, don't do this, blah, blah, blah. You dig a little bit deeper, they all completely contradict each other. Hinduism believes in one God. So does Christianity and Judaism and Islam. Buddhism doesn't believe in God. Hinduism and Buddhism believe in reincarnation and karma. Christianity and Islam do not. These are major contradictions at a very fundamental level at those, those religious philosophies. So you can't pick and choose what you want, piece them together. It's not a buffet table that you go up to, pick and choose the pieces that you like, put it on a plate, and hope it works for you because you know why you don't know where you're going you don't know what the hell you're doing so you can't piece your own plan to help you go forward in every other aspect of our life we look for a guide because what the hell do i know what the hell do i know so i can't piece pieces together and hope i'll make progress 
And that's what most people do with spirituality. They just eat off the spiritual buffet table and never make real progress because they're committed to not being committed. You got to commit. You got to pick a path, define your goal, and be really, really clear and make concrete steps towards that or you'll never make progress on the spiritual path. You'll just leave it up to the universe. I am incredibly grateful and honored that you came back for a second show with me. I am going to say it now that I am likely going to ask you to come back again at another time. Just, <laughs> honestly, just on this topic, it's one that is paramount uh, to my life. And I encounter so many people, honestly, Don Dupont, the people on this show, other, other, you know, the books line in my shelf back here, along with yours of people who have done significant things. They're influencing people in significant ways. They're, they're realizing a lot of fulfillment. And yet this area, you'd be surprised how many people I ask them about it. And they really don't know where to answer. They don't really have a component in their lives. I don't quite understand mm -hmm. that. And I think what you're talking around here is a big reason why it's not understanding how to commit and what they, and, and the, and the questions as you know, with religion on, okay, which one should I pick then? Which one is right? And yeah. we get hung up on that. And I find more people. I mean, if you know the stats in America, the apparently the leading mm -hmm. answer to spirituality or especially religion it, that you, what do you believe? None, nothing. It's the nuns that are in, yeah. So to your point there, it's committing to nothing, which if we go over here again, just to pick an easy, easy one, if we say health and wellness, what's your, what's your regime there? What's your structure on health and wellness? Nothing. So it doesn't matter at all what you eat. It has no bearing on your life. Anybody with, with any forethought has, would not answer yes to that question. They do have some structure. They do have some place, even if they're struggling to follow it. And yet here in yeah. spirituality uh, is a dramatic void. And I see it, I see it causing people to stumble and I want to help alleviate that. Yeah. Well, you should come with me to India. I'm doing a retreat in November for entrepreneurs to help figure out their spiritual philosophy and path and get clear on that because you can't make progress unless you have clarity. You know, there's a beautiful saying by the author of uh, Alice in Wonderland. And I've fallen in love with the saying since my friend introduced me to it. If you don't know where you're going, any path will get you there. Yeah. You know, uh, Lewis Carroll and, and it applies similarly in spirituality. If you don't know what your spiritual goal is, then you, any path will get you there and any practice will get you there. You know, I'll do Headspace today, I'll do yoga tomorrow, I'll do some ayahuasca the next day, and maybe the day after that I'll do some fasting, and then maybe I'll do a Vipassana retreat because my friend just did that and it sounded really great, and then maybe I'll just do this other yoga nidra thing because that sounds really amazing. And what about pedalboard yoga? That must be good for you. I'm making progress on my spiritual path now, really making some serious progress. It sounds like progress just in being busy and busy, but are you, where are you yeah. actually arriving? Well, would some, you take that approach to health and wellness? You wouldn't, yeah, you exactly. wouldn't just eat every gummy on the shelf, would you? Mm -mm. <laughs> because you think that would help you get better. No, it sounds Should like a, just do a, a pharma party or something. Now you, you literally said, you know, November retreat, is that somebody, something that anyone can go look at and consider for themselves or, uh, I'm looking, I'm taking entrepreneurs on this one. Okay. So, um, people uh, who are business owners that have a deep interest in, uh, figuring out this virtual path, the philosophy, the goal, the path, the practices and guidelines, having, being able to articulate clearly what that is, you know, where, we do that in business, right? But where can people apply for that or, or, 
Um, they can send an email to info at dondapani.org, uh, which is the general email, and just say that they're interested. But, you know, you, you'd have to be a business owner. You okay. could be anywhere in the world. We have people from Africa and Australia and the U.S. and Europe uh, joining this retreat. So um, okay. Thank you'd you. have to apply and go through an interview process, too. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for addressing it. I'm glad I, I'm, 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 I'm thrilled that I asked and, um, and I get a little passionate about it because it's just like, it, it, it just puzzles me how nobody steps back and go like, wow, we're just winging it on this one. What, like you said, with everything else in life, with health and wellness, we think about it. This is a bag of chips. Good for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and maybe yeah. they can enjoy a little bit of it, but if I eat 10 bags a week it may not be the best thing. Right. And we, again, we can take it to finances. Should I just blow my money here? Should I go gamble the dog, dog track? Should I invest in this? And we don't just throw it up to happenstance. We have a structure that we do easily, I think, commit commit to. People are pretty vocal about what they commit and, to. And we have a goal. We have goal. People are saving up to buy a house or saving up to buy a car or a new phone or whatever it may be. And part of saving is sacrificing. I'm not going to do this because I'm saving for something else. There's a structured approach, but when it comes to spirituality, we, we don't want to. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital. And Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash Kevin. Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all on Yahoo Finance is an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they were hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time. YahooFinance.com.
I live high up in the Rocky Mountains where the air is clean and fresh as possible, but then I step indoors and I'm breathing in untold amounts of toxins and allergens from paint and carpet and cleaning chemicals and pets and furniture and appliances and mold and so on. Studies show the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air anywhere you are. And in some places, it's a hundred times worse than that. Well, the solution is to get an air purifier and air doctor is just the best out there. It filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen and pet dander and dust mites and mold and even bacteria and viruses so your lungs don't have to try to do that. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com. You can use the promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code KEVIN. It's interesting, even on this show format, of going through these key areas of life, I'm tempted to add that to my inquiry with each guest like you to say, not only what I'm saying, what your values are and what your habits are. In essence, what I am saying is what do you have faith in? What do you commit to? That's what my curiosity is. That's what people want to understand. It takes somebody of influence like you and understand what have you decided to commit to? Cause my, my next category is relationships. And uh, specificity is really critical in this, okay. right, Kevin, you just can't say the universe. I don't claim to be an authority on the English language. I referred to the dictionary countless amount of times when I wrote my book, just yeah. to understand what the actual definition of a word is. Right. Look up the word universe in Oxford Webster's dictionary and see what it means. So you're saying that definition is what's guiding you every day in life. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Coming back to committing to non-committing. Um, <laughs> what a great phrase, huh? What it's a great phrase. It, I mean, it's, it's just very blatant. It's a very blatant yeah. look at it because I don't think, again, great show to have this topic on as we go through these other ones. Most people have something that they adhere to, at least, mm-hmm. in each area of life and not this yeah. one. And it happens over and over, even on the show, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, I'm not putting anybody down who does not have a spiritual belief. It's part of my new book, which is over my other shoulder. Your your book's over mine, uh, other one. And in there, I really go through spirituality and just a showcase of how important it is to the people that we all tend to follow, whether it's historical figures or just the span of time. Spirituality is so key. And I highlight some of those aspects And to say, look, I'm not going to tell you what path to go down, but I'm showcasing the fact that spirituality obviously has dramatic value, if not the most, in everybody's life for the span of time. So to ignore that would be to your own folly. And I'll just add one thing here, Kevin. Um, The biggest thing that holds people back on their spiritual unfoldment is their subconscious mind. Because most people, I should say, grew up in a particular faith. Right. Whether, you know, in the U.S., it may be the Abraham, one of the Abrahamic faiths. They have been forced to know it through parents, grandparents, families, relatives, taking the church, synagogue, whatever it may be, to the mosque. Uh, maybe not so much the mosque, but, you know, uh, to, the, to the church or synagogue. And 
they've adopted the religion and more and more people are abandoning it in their later teens and early 20s. They go to college and they go like, you know, I don't believe in this. Does not resonate with me? I'm just going to be free. I'm not going to believe anything. And then as they start studying, learning things, they go to yoga class and they go like, yeah, I like this whole energy everywhere kind of thing. And karma, yoga, it seems more peaceful. And, and then they have experiences in life experiential learnings that bring about experiential realizations that conflict what they grew up with. Where the struggle begins is that they cannot abandon their past in order to embrace what the experiential learnings have brought, the realizations that the experiential learnings have brought into their life. Because what they're experiencing now, learning now, and realizing to be true to them now contradicts their past. Someone goes like, I can't go and tell Grandma Ethel I'm a Buddhist now or a Hindu. Do I walk around with a dot on my head? I mean, Grandma Ethel is going to freak the hell out. That doesn't work. Oh, you know, what are my friends going to say? I'm a Buddhist and now I'm going to Thailand or I'm going to Sri Lanka or Nepal or someplace, you know, Bhutan to meditate. Or I'm going to be a Hindu and or I'm going to be this or that or seek. So the subconscious holds many people back because the religions at the end of the day contradict each other. Yeah. And, and, and people can't see that and don't want to see that. They want to think that all religions are the same. They're, they're not. I'm not saying one is better than the other. And that's absolutely not what I'm saying at all. But it's important to to embrace the fact that they all contradict each other. You can be a Christian. You can be a Hindu. You can be whatever religion you want that's totally fine you can believe in the faith and practice it but you just have to understand that the core beliefs don't line up with the core beliefs of the other religion and until you can take ownership of that you're never going to commit to a path and, and look at you where you are today in your unfoldment what has life taught you at this point this day if you're 40 years old what are your life experiences what realizations had they brought to you? Do they match up with what you were learnt or indoctrinated with? If they are not, then abandon your past and embrace what your life experiences have brought to you. I'm going to stick on this, Don Dupont. It's my show, so I can veer from the Do agenda. Do whatever the hell you want to. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm, going, to, I'm going to. I'm going to go. Yeah, it's, it's it growing up as a kid. I, it I, always... I don't have a six pack anyway, so I'm going to be useless with the health and wellness. Okay, that's great. That's, I, I, I probably got a couple questions for you on that, but it, I was as a kid or as a youth, uh, even a young yeah. adult, I would get irritated when you know uh, somebody's up on stage in a in a religious context and given a message and there's something big going on, but they're going to stick to their agenda no matter what I'm going. Are you serious? Come on. Something's going, something's moving here. Go with it. So we're going to go with yeah. it here on this. You, you mentioned inclusive, you know, and, and exclusive. That's obviously a big button right now in our culture. If you look at gender to pick out one uh, specifically and, you know, people's beliefs and we want to, to be, we want to be inclusive. Everything's okay. We want to be inclusive. To be exclusive is to be naive, if not, you know, judgmental and to be mean. And that feels like a primary issue here in spirituality, even more so if we then segment into specific religions that if there's any exclusivity, that is, that's the bad guy. 
these days. And what I find amongst so many people is why they then eschew any type of religion and come back to where you started of just saying, well, hey, anything's okay. Any path is okay. Whatever you do. And mine is just, again, kind of this nebulous uh, universe or whatnot. And it sounds good because I don't want to be exclusive. I do not want to offend somebody, tell them that they are wrong. I understand that contextually. But again, if we come back to any of these other areas, money, relationships, if I go right now and have affairs or am a a pedophile, most people are going to say that is wrong. No argument here. But in spirituality, we do not want to take something and say that that is wrong or even to say, yeah, but this one's better than this one or this practice is better than this one. Where do you well, I, I would say I would say shift the perspective. Okay. I am clearly a Hindu, you know, by dress, by path, and by what I've chosen. Over the years, I've you know I primarily work with entrepreneurs, and you know I remember two, three, a few years ago uh, working with a, Catholic, a Christian entrepreneur. I forget now what denomination he was, but I worked with him for many months to help him define clearly his Christian philosophy the goal that the philosophy that he subscribed to defines, which mm-hmm. is the spiritual goal, what is the path to that goal? And what are the practices and guidelines that he needs to live by? So as a Hindu, I can still support a Christian to be a better Christian. I can support a Muslim to be a better Muslim, a Buddhist to be a better Mus- Buddhist. But I can commit to my path to the philosophies that align with my belief, and more importantly, not so much belief, but my, by my, by the, that align with the realizations that my life experiences have brought to me. Because belief is one thing. You know, you can read something or t- be told something and say, I believe this. But experiential belief, no one can ever take away from you. Uh-huh. And Agreed. that's what you should commit to. And when you commit to something, doesn't mean you can't support other people in their commitment to their faith. That doesn't mean you're excluding them. You can still be inclusive. I feel I'm very inclusive of, of people. All I'm saying is commit. Commit to a path. You want to be a Christian? Be a Christian. Choose what denomination in Christianity. Are you Catholic? Are you Protestant? Are you Methodist? Are you Seventh-day Adventist? You know, you're born again. Pick one path. You got to get specific. I mean, look at, look at business. Look at athletes. You know, the best tennis player doesn't go play football on the weekend. You know, he doesn't go do play hockey he plays tennis you know a a guy a guy or girl that has a a company that develops mobile applications for android and ios they he doesn't develop lawn mowers he doesn't build lawn mowers washing machines he commits to a path and the more narrow and deep you get the better you succeed at it it brings us back up to where you started of 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 showcasing what is the what is the goal? What is the goal that you want to achieve is going to depend on the path that you would choose here. So coming back to you, when you look at and you understanding other religious constructs, you have said, I assume, I can't assume that the, the Hindu path leads to a goal that you align with. That's when you choose different than you may look at the Christian goal and say, gosh, I appreciate it. I honor it, but it leads to a path and that does not line up with your exactly and you can use the word alignment it's just not aligned you know some people prefer doing yoga other people prefer going through i don't know some spot in the race because that's more aligned with them 
But prior to the goal, it's the philosophy, your spiritual philosophy that defines the goal. So take a very simple, the gentleman that I worked with who was a Christian. After working with him, he became clear of his Christian philosophy, and the goal that it defined was to enter the kingdom of heaven to serve Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. He needs to go to heaven to serve Christ as Lord and Savior. I said, great. Now you can articulate very specifically what your goal is. As a Hindu, the goal is to go inward through deep meditation and experience God inside of you. And God can be defined in a very simple way as pure energy that permeates everything in this universe. That one energy that's in you and me, the trees, the stones, the flowers, and everything it's inside of you. How can I go inside through deep focus and deep meditation and experience divinity inside of me? So two different philosophies articulating two very different goals. One is going to a heaven externally that doesn't say God is inside everything, which is totally fine. Nothing wrong with that. Another one says God is in everything and the goal is to go in with. Now you have two different destinations, which require two different paths, which require two different guidelines and practices. If I'm climbing a mountain to get to the top of Everest, I need a different set of guidelines, a different set of practices. If I'm going to the beach, I need a different set of guidelines and a different set of practices. That's how we need to look at spirituality. And once we can articulate all of those clearly, get very, very specific, now we know what to do. And when we know what to do, then we can start making progress. Okay, another key element of this yeah. discussion then and I'll use your daughter as a muse yeah. here. You have a daughter, somebody who you are influencing with your values from your experience, mm -hmm. from your decisions. And you probably don't let her, how old is she? Four and a half. Four and a half. You don't let her uh, get up and decide what she wants to eat. You don't take her to the grocery store and say, whatever you want is fine. If you want to just live primarily on hot pockets and and pop tarts Candies. and gum. Yeah, totally fine. You're, you're not going to, you're not going to do that. How, uh, you know, how, uh, exclusive and, and, and harmful are you to not let her just be free and have whatever she wants. Okay. So to take that, uh, to the spiritual side as well, how are you going to instill your values or are you going to, are you going to let her be exposed to the others and say, Hey, whatever one you want is fine as not as opposed, but alongside though, you have having chosen one that you believe in, I would also expect you as a father to say, this is what I have chosen and why and advocate that to a degree to your daughter. Yes. You eat healthy foods. Yes. You don't like, you have children. Yes. Nine. Do you expose Nine children? Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. That's another topic. Yeah. That, that was not a religious <laughs> decision, by the way. That was just pure, a lot of sex, you know? So yeah, you keep going. Uh, yes. Would you expose your kids to the same thing? Like you said, the candies and stuff. So let them, so they can make a decision. No, right. Because they are not in a place and they haven't had the experience. As a father, you have the responsibility to guide them, not only in what they eat, but how they think, what emotions, how they handle emotions, how they behave, their values, their guidelines. Spirituality is not any, not any different. But think of how many parents out there have come up to me and said, 
you know, I'm just going to let my children go out there and explore and make the decision for themselves. You think they are? Tell me how, tell me one person out there, how did it go? Did it, did it end well? Probably not. No. Imagine no, it's like dropping your kid off at the candy store at the, the supermarket and say, you know, you go and explore and you pick what you want and tell me how it goes. Right. Right. And again, you can go along that with everything. I don't let them stay up all night long, uh, like, you know, vampires and then uh, sleep all day. Uh, and consume we, media. What type of media are they consuming? You know, TV, right. Des- on the phone. Decide whether or not to get to have any kind of educational uh, focus and engagement yeah. in their youth. I, 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 that's why I am enthralled with the discussion, yeah. Donna Pani. Um, it's such a and big that's the one. thing, right, Kevin? It's like in everywhere in life, we, we bring structure, we bring discipline. And uh-huh. then, you know, it's, it's these spiritual people out there that propagate this thing that, you know, all this structure causes us to lose our freedom. Being yeah. spiritual is about being free, opening ourselves and, you know, like just meditating by the beach and doing another tree pose on a, mount, on a rock in front of a mountain, you know? And that means I'm free and I'm one with the universe. A lot of BS, Hammond. I agree. I just a, have an not... advanced monk yeah. in my life, whether it's a Hindu monk or a Buddhist monk, which most of the ones that I met, that didn't have extreme structure and extreme discipline in their life. Yeah. And the most advanced ones had the most structure and discipline in their life. And clarity, specific, Let... being really, really specific on what it is they wanted. I'm going to back into another question then with this yeah. one. Uh, so I, I have a, I have an agenda with the question right now. You say you primarily work with entrepreneurs that in and of itself is a question. Why? Um, because it, hearing you talk now, it would be very appropriate in a lot of people's mind that you are just meeting with people on your, you know, at your ashram and, 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 and other places and leading and guiding them in spiritual endeavors. And you're saying, I, I work with entrepreneurs. Answer that question first. What has drawn you to that direction to work with that demographic primarily? A couple of things. One is I'm an entrepreneur myself, and the, but the more important reason is these are a group of individuals, men and women, that actually do the work. They're not okay. ashamed of change. They're not ashamed, not all entrepreneurs. These are, I should articulate it clearly, as I work with entrepreneurs who want to do the work, that want to do the hard work. They're able to look at themselves. They're able to own their shortcomings. They're able to take responsibility. They're able to take guidance. They're able to work with themselves to change, to improve. These are the people I want to work with. Most people don't want to commit to anything, don't want to do this, don't want to do the work. It's, so it's, it's amazing ad- how many times I've said to the, yeah, it's the attitude. The same thing. I've said the same thing to the same people over and over again. People do absolutely nothing about it. Right. So it's the same attribute or attitude you could say mm-hmm. if you were to have answered that I only work with elite athletes. We could say a similar thing about them. They have shown that they're pursuing yeah. progress. Okay. So in that, I so that was a- one of the, I worked with one of the best soccer players in the world for a few seasons and he did everything I told him. Hmm. He would ask questions to clarify and understand better because he, maybe he didn't quite understand something, but he was super obedient. He did what I told him. He came to learn. He didn't have something that he felt I had, which is ability to focus. And he wanted to learn. So he, he put to practice. He did the homework. 
he never came back to me and said, oh, I didn't do what you told me to do. Yeah. He came back and he would always do more than I told him to do. Let me ask in this question now to come back to the topic of spirituality, I am going to, because I work with so many entrepreneurs myself, there's a lot of them who have achieved a lot. They have a lot of fulfillment uh, in their life, a lot of success as, as most of us would define that. And they do have structure in all these areas, just like we're talking about. And a lot of them do not have it though in spirituality as a hired leader for them. Do you, do you lead them that direction or a spouse that they find some level of structure and commitment spiritually in order to progress their success like they've come to you to do? Do I lead them in that? Yeah. yeah. Advocate, it? I would say. Yeah. Advocate uh, them. Yeah, towards- if they come to me, yes. Yeah, I, I, I take a very, very structured approach. For example, like, you know, this retreat in India, it, it, we start at the beginning. We start by helping people understand where, what is the philosophy that they subscribe to? A very simple question would be to start with is, do you believe in God or higher power? Most people end up saying yes, you know. And then now, just let's keep it really simple. Do you believe that this is a person in heaven, or do you feel it's some kind of more energy in everything? I mean, these are very vastly different (laughs) beliefs, right? So some people say, like, no, it's very clear. It's something in heaven. It's like, okay, great. Now you have clarity. Let's write it down. Then we can define a little bit more what this thing in heaven is. And some people go like, no, I feel there's more power, you know, some energy in everything. It's it's in every in the universe. It's in the trees and the water and the ocean. Okay, now great. So as we start to define all of those little philosophies, we gain clarity of what the goal is. Are we going someplace to heaven, or are we going within? Is there even a divinity? Are you an atheist? Let's get clear on all of those things. That philosophy defines the goal. The goal defines the path. The path defines the lifestyle. And the lifestyle, again, like I said, has two components, guidelines and practices, right? Uh-huh. Practices, are, guidelines are values that you live by, right? So what are the values that you're living by? The, the, I, I, in a simplified way, I call it the white lines and the freeway. If you didn't have white lines, you'd just drive all over the place. Uh, and the practices, I'm like, what are the practices am I doing? Should I be doing journaling? Should I be doing meditation? Should I be doing um, breath control exercises? You know, And depending on where you are on the path, you need a different set of guidelines and practices. And I'll give you an example. So it's just say, I'm living in Costa Rica. I want to climb Everest. I don't know anything about climbing mountains. I know I need to get to Kathmandu, get to the airport. I need a set of guidelines and practices to get me from Costa Rica to Kathmandu in Nepal. Maybe that's the first phase of my journey. And I need a different set of guidelines to get me from Kathmandu to wherever it may be somewhere in the Annapurna Range or wherever the base camp or Everest is. That's a different set of guidelines, a different set of practices. Now to get from the bottom of Everest to maybe the first or second base camp or however it works, I need a different set of guidelines and a different set of practices. I can't use the same guidelines and practices in the first part of the journey, not all of them, maybe some of them, to help me further down the path because now I, I need a different set of guidelines, a different set of practices that I live by. And that's how I was trained them to, to get clarity around the spiritual path is that in every path of the journey you, you need, it's same with entrepreneurship, right? When you start your company and you have, 
no business and just yourself, you have a different set of guidelines practices. If your business grows and all of a sudden you have 200 employees and clients and you're doing generating millions of dollars in revenue, now you didn't need a different set of guidelines and practices. Mm-hmm. Some values that you had at the start apply, but not all, some of them have to be adapt to where you are in the path of your entrepreneurial path. Spirituality is no different as well. But we, what people do is they wake up in the morning, they go like, you know, I think I'll do some journaling today. Why? Because I don't know, there's the Tim Ferriss talked about the five minute journal. So it must be good. Heard so it on a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I heard it on a podcast. I'll do Headspace, you know, because why, you know, they have a great app. To take that aspect, and I'm not picking on anything at all. I don't mean to demean anyone or to advocate against any specific spiritual path here, but just as an example, you mentioned somebody being atheist. Uh, mm-hmm. On that, do you look at that and still give it honor? Because if you're certain that that is what you want, it's got a clear structure you know, to that, then so be it. Absolutely. When when I lived in New York and the first early years, uh, one of my closest friends, uh, very successful at what he did, is an atheist. And we would go out every couple of weeks. We on a Thursday, we'd go grab a glass of wine. So here's a former monk and an entrepreneur who's an atheist walk into a bar. Sounds like a job. Have a right? glass of wine. Yeah, uh-huh. and we had a great time. We talked for hours, and we really enjoyed each other's company. I you know, my wife and I would go stay in his home in Connecticut and spend the weekend with him. We traveled with him, but he didn't believe in God. And I deeply believe in God. Yeah. So I can honor his path, his where his experience is like, but he had clarity around that. And that's okay. I can support that. I can hang out. I aligned in values with him and, you know, I enjoyed his perspective on life and how he looked at things. I learned so much from him. Mm-hmm. That, so that's, in, all, that's showing that you can be inclusive you don't have to be you know exclude people but yeah. all i'm saying is commit 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 and and again coming back to structure and i'm thinking again about the people uh the many incredible people i'm honored to sit with like you who are lining my bookshelves back or who have been on the show they are where they are they have books there they have influence because of commitment because of structure, because of clarity and guidelines and everything that you're talking about. And, and yet, again, this one area is so often set aside differently. And I have not understood that even as I come from a religious construct that I struggle with and am always revisiting, always looking, always learning, but continue to feel like there needs to be a structure, though, just to have this happenstance type of perspective. It doesn't line up with any other area of life and success. And so again, that's why we've stuck on this topic because when I read that in your book, I wanted to hear more. I had not heard it said that blatantly before, especially from somebody of your place in life, your influence. And I was, it feels like that's a book in and of itself. I'd I'd love to read your book on that. How's that for the second book? I'm going to contact your publisher. Yeah. Not yes. um, it's, yeah, and it's here's a, another, another thought too, you know, just on why. Um, I feel the other areas that you touched about, like finance, health and wellness, 
uh-huh. have fairly immediate repercussions. Meaning yes. that if I ate pizza and drank beer every day for a year and, and didn't eat healthy at all, bags of chips and candy, I'd start to feel maybe uncomfortable in my body or not so good in my body. If I didn't exercise, I sat on a couch all day. If I didn't look after my finances, I could feel the pain of being in debt or not being able to pay my rent or mortgage or whatever it is. But you know what? If I don't meditate, if I don't have clarity around what path or what my spiritual path or goal is, nothing changes in my life. Mm-hmm. Everything is good. I can go 10 years without doing a damn thing about my spiritual life and life's still okay. Mm-hmm. So there's no impetus. There's no drive to to gain clarity around it. So I can be very ambiguous without repercussions that are immediate that are painful. Whereas with health and wellness, finance, even relationships, right? If I don't get clear what I want out of this relationship and what my values are in the relationship, I'm going to hear from it from my boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse or my clients or my children or whatever it is. I'm going to get that feedback very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I need to ante up and just, you know, getting clear. It's interesting. It reminds me, we're doing some advertising right now for a nutritional supplement company and compliance with nutritional supplements is horrific. It's, it's terrible. It's a, after like so many months, it's like 6% of people who start on them. And I believe in my experience, it's because we do not receive some immediate benefit from it. So many things that we do that if I have a glass of wine, I can, you know, kind of feel comfortable pretty quick here, but my nutritional supplements, I don't feel, I don't, I don't go a couple days down the road and go, gosh, you know what? I've been taking fish oil. I feel awesome. Or if I've been taking it to drop off, to drop off of it and go, Oh my gosh, man, you know, I haven't, I didn't take my fish oil last night. I'm a complete wreck. It's something that we do based on faith, which is the essence of spirituality. We based on that and results that we have experientially seen. And we can do advanced diagnostics on somebody. And over time, we can see the benefit of. Uh, nutritional supplements along with so many di- other things, but spirituality, you're right. I haven't thought about it in that context that it's not something you get immediate gratification or negative consequences from either one necessarily. No. It is a long-term game of exactly. faith. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in today's world, so much, so many people in the West are adopting ancient practices from the East or maybe even South America or wherever and bringing it to the West without any, due diligence without any proper understanding and making them mainstream practices without understanding that some of these practices can even have severe negative consequences. Hmm. You know, it's great to market, you know, let's just all go on the damn ayahuasca retreat, you know, and what is the long-term consequence of this? You know, people used to do it maybe in a village in the middle of the jungle and there's five generations of family sitting there around the ceremony. So if the 15-year-old were to indulge in the ceremony and have a repercussion six months later because things are slowly unfolding inside of him, the elder in the community that's 70 years old can go like, oh, look what's happening to him. That's because he did that practice six months ago and it's starting the show now. Now he gets together with his buddies and say, like, this is what we should recommend for the 15-year-old to do, and this is how we're going to mitigate this and help him get through this. You know, now you have John from 
you know, New York City goes to Costa Rica, does an ayahuasca retreat, has a great time, sees a panther, comes and talks to him and tells him, you know, some fortune about his life. And then he goes home. And six months from today, his life has fallen apart. And there's no one around him to guide him. And he doesn't know why. And this happens with yoga practices and all kinds of things. It's, it's a freaking mess. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you something no different than if you were here and we had spent the time talking about a new health and wellness regime that you were pursuing. And if it's something I had not heard about, was not familiar about, I'd say, gosh, give us a resource on that for those who want to check it out. So I say that as a preface that I'm not advocating Hinduism necessarily right here on the show. However, for those hearing it, who are hearing what you say and appreciate your influence and wisdom, I would ask you, is there a, what's a good layman's resource for people who are saying, okay, I hear you. I hear you. I, I, I'm interested in committing and having some structure and clarity around this. Uh, here in America, a lot of people obviously know many uh, resources for Christianity, um, mm-hmm. but not so much many others at all. So I will, would ask, is there one on Hinduism that you would recommend for people who are curious about that? For Hinduism, yes, there's, there's a book that my guru wrote called Dancing with Siva. Siva spelled S-I-V-A. Uh, if you go to HimalayanAcademy.com, and I can send you the link to that, the book's available online. You can buy it as an, uh, for your Kindle or buy the hard copy as well if you want. At the back of the book, there's a section on all religions. There's, it lists the major beliefs of Christianity Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, Sikhism, Judaism, Zoroastrianism. It's good to go through those and see which of those resonate with you. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, a lot of times you can get these religious books and there's this comparative study of religions. And by the time you read it, you just leave more confused than anything else, you know. Let's just keep it really simple and find out what are the fundamental beliefs. Is God outside of you or is God inside of you? Do you even believe in God? And, and when you read that, uh, the back of the book on that, I think it will help you gain a little clarity on which box you fall into. And again, there's no right or wrong. Whatever you believe is fine. Like I said, one of my closest friends for a long time was an atheist, you know, is an atheist. Uh, and that's totally okay with me. All I'm saying is gain clarity. What it is you believe, the clarity will allow you to know what your practices are, the path that you're on, and things like that, the goal. So that's a great resource. And the book also goes into Hinduism as well, if you want to have a deeper understanding of, of Hinduism. And obviously, you know, this is part two with you that I have deviated from the norm. I'm so grateful for. We're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to use this as a, I'm going to promote this as a discussion on spirituality with, uh, with Don Dupani. I, I really appreciate that. And in part one, we talked about your book on focus, which is, is significant. I hope people listen to that and, and for those who want to continue walking with you in spirituality, amongst other things, what is the best place that they can engage with you, Dandapani? Uh, I would say go to my website, you know, dandapani.org, O-R-G, and, you know, you can have access to my book, my app, put some courses on there. That would be a first place, I would say, to start and see if that resonates with you. If you're an entrepreneur out there and you want to do a deeper dive into spirituality, then, you know, my my retreat to India is something that you may want to consider. You can send me an email. Uh, My team will respond to that and, you know, help you get started and see if this is something that's the right fit. Okay. 
Okay. But it's for those who that really want to gain clarity around this virtual life. Oh, yeah, Whatever so it may be. It's not about being a Hindu, you know, it's just okay. about getting clear. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming back on the show uh, a second time. Uh, and thank you. I'm so incredibly divinely grateful that we landed on this topic and stuck with it. I think it will serve so many people. Well, it has served me well, and it may be a good reason to come back and speak specifically on this because I hear it. You know, when you talk entrepreneurs, that's 99% of the people who I have here on the show. And yet this is a category that so many of them uh, are, they stumble and struggle with and miss out on, I would say as well. So yeah. uh, maybe wonder. And then I would it. just say, you know, to your, to your to your listeners, if they're entrepreneurs, you know, think how much structure and clarity you're always seeking in your business. Mm-hmm. Why don't you take that same approach to your spiritual life if you really want to make progress? Because if you didn't have that structure and clarity in your business, you wouldn't make progress. You would not yeah. make progress. So if you don't bring that same thing to your spiritual life, you're not going to make progress in your spiritual life. This will spark a lot of discussion. So uh, we may continue on this path. Thank you for being back. Thank you for your insight. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Uh, it's been a true, a true gift. Hang with me just a moment. Well, friends, I'm using this episode as a catalyst for some real discussion with my personal friends and family on our spiritual structure. The point is not whether you agree, but what you agree with. And as I discuss spirituality in my book, What Drives You, the benefits of a spiritual context and foundation in your life are pretty undeniable. Uh, Again, Dandapani's book, where I took out the quote that sparked this discussion, is The Power of Unwavering Focus. Coming up next in the next episode, I discuss Dandapani's message of focus with a longtime devotee. It's my brother, Jared Angaza, and we unpack the concept further. Friends, thank you for tuning into Self Helpful, where I curate the sea of new personal development materials and help you integrate wisdom into your life because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. 